Backchat Studios is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. Head to backchatpodcast.com.au to sign up as a patron and access all of our merch. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here we go, the Backchat Basketball Show. We're international today or this evening, this morning, wherever, whenever you're watching. Uh, hello at backchatpodcast.com.au or backchat underscore basketball is where you can find us on Instagram. Uh, usually I'm here with Ben Malice or Greg Heyer. No, today we've got international flavor. It's Gaza, as we'd, as we'd call you <laughs> over here. <so> Austin <laughs> Garuya. How's it going, man? Over here and over there it's in cool. Dallas. It's going great, man. You know, it's it's great to make my international debut. Mm-hmm. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. You know, I've been looking to take my brand global. <laughs> and uh, it, what, a, what a better opportunity than Backchat. Of course, of course. Uh, Gaza, so we like to just, you know, shorten everything over here and add a Z on the end or, or a Y. <laughs> so you're going to be Gaza or, or, or Aussie, um, just to give you a bit of uh, Australian culture. Hey, um, the first question that I always ask... Um, guests that we have on the show like the on the various shows that we do here at Backchat, um is for their greatest sporting achievement so like when we interview athletes we always say like you're not allowed to tell us your greatest sporting achievement in your field of choice because like yeah if i'm talking about basketball i don't care about your basketball achievements because it's you know they're meaningless to me give me something else yeah. that you did at like middle school high school the greatest thing you've ever done in a sporting um field Ooh, oh i have a good one Yes. In high great. school, I scored I scored four goals in a soccer game in high school. Nice. And I found out that that's called a golden sombrero. <laughs> a golden sombrero. <laughs> a golden sombrero. I've never heard four that. Four goals in a game. I, I honestly I have not heard it since then. <laughs> Someone told me that, and I was like, I'm not sure if they were lying to me, but they said it was a golden sombrero, and, and people on my team just called it that for like the rest of the year. That's good. So you got the hat trick, and then the golden sombrero. I wonder what, Hatch, I wonder, yeah. what happens Hatch when you go to five. Sombrero. I don't know. I mean, a platinum sombrero, maybe? Also, I feel like gold sombrero is something you're not allowed to say in 2023. Like, I don't know. Are we allowed <laughs> to be talking about this? I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll get canceled for getting a gold sombrero. <laughs> Luckily, they didn't actually give me a gold sombrero to wear around high school because that might that might have gotten me thrown out. Of course. There is... Um, so, when I when I got married and I had my, um, my like, we call it box party over here, um, they they put a sombrero on my head. We went to like this Mexican restaurant, and I feel like you know it was like ten years ago, or whatever, when it was mainly maybe a bit more accepted to do that sort of thing. And if I ever want to run for prime minister over here, I feel like that photo is going to cr- creep up and and ruin some sort of chances for me. But uh, yeah, the golden sombrero, very good. I love that. Hey, um, we should probably explain why, like who 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 the hell you are, because um, we have a lot of Australian, you know, we have it's over here in Australia, a lot of bas- Australian basketball fans, and we talk NBA and stuff. But um, no, no, like no knock on you, but 
you know, not everyone knows who Austin, Austin Garuga is. I, I thought I was a household name at this point. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe not in Australia, but at least a few continents around the world. Yeah, well, you get there, man. You, this is this will help you get into the Australian Australian market. So, um, you were probably one of the first people I followed on Twitter um, for basketball reasons. Um, so I remember early days, you know, wanting to just talk Mavs with people and um, for some reason I stumbled upon you and followed you and then fast forward I don't know X amount of years and I lived with you for two weeks you you, you very graciously let me a stranger that you'd never met in person or probably <laughs> like spoken to properly into your home which I was you know it was a good time um, but what's your involvement in basketball what, what have you been what have you done in your past and what are you sort of doing now so I Got my start. I used to write at Mavs Moneyball. Uh, it's like a Mavs-centric uh, blog through SB Nation. So I did that for a couple years. And I covered the Mavs in person for in a, for a year for them. That was the uh, the wonderful Seth Curry Mavericks in 2017. <laughs> Huge. You know, just a very, a very <laughs> iconic Mavs team. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I wrote for Diamond Uproxx for a little while. And then I took a break for a long time and I wasn't writing anywhere. And then last year I started writing again at Diamond Uproxx. And then I also have the I have a podcast with Tim Cato uh, uh, under the Athletic, uh, the Seventy Seven Minutes podcast. Yes, been listening to that recently because there's no one like who who's talking about the Mavericks. There's no reason to talk about the Mavericks for the last two months. So you guys have been getting me through Seventy Seven Minutes. It's good, good pod. You you pop up there. Um, the funny the funniest thing about that podcast is that you and Tim. Um, who I also stayed with, you guys were living together. Now you sort of live together, but just like you're separated by apartments. Is that right? You're living in the same building? We, we live downtown and our buildings are like literally next to each other. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Yet you don't, <laughs> very like, convenient. you don't like walk to his place and pod together in the same room. You still... No, st- we'll still do it by Zoom. <laughs> Occasionally we'll get in the same room and we'll do a pod together because sometimes it's fun to have a little in-person chemistry. Yes. But mostly we're lazy, and so we'll just do it over Zoom. Yeah, but it's summer. It's summertime for you now, right? It's good to get out, nighttime walk. You know, get out and about. It is good to get out. Honestly, though, not a great time to walk in Texas. It's hot. It's real hot here. Right. It's like over a hundred degrees Fahrenheit. So like, it's like over thirty. It's 30 like thirty, Celsius? yeah, thirty, thirty-five. Yeah, yeah, that's brutal. Every, every every day, so it's brutal to go outside. Yeah. Let's talk basketball. NBA finals are, are finally, um, well, they're complete. It, it felt like, it honestly felt like it started to drag towards the end. Um, I think when your team's not in it and like I lost interest three quarters of the way through the NBA season, I was like, all right, let's get the next one started. Um, so, uh, how did you, are you, are you sort of guy that like, cause it's good for you. You get to watch at night. For me, I need like clear, clear time my schedule, like put it in my diary and like cancel meetings so I can watch basketball at like 9 a.m. Are you watching every game through the playoffs and finals and stuff? Yeah, I'm watching pretty much every game through the playoffs and finals. I think actually this playoffs I watched more than I think any other playoffs in the last couple of years. Yeah. But also, again, it's convenient for me because it's at nighttime. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And the Nuggets were fun to watch. It was fun to watch a new team being in the finals. I loved watching Jokic. Jokic is, like, honestly crazy dominant this, this postseason. I think a lot of people hadn't seen him play in the playoffs and hadn't really watched him really closely. And so I think even though a lot of people knew he was good, I think it was really like his coming out party. And also it was fun to watch the zombie heat. I mean, the heat shouldn't have beat any of the teams that they played and they still just 
kept winning games and Jimmy Butler was an insane person for two months. Yeah, it was probably the first finals in like forever that I actually just was really happy with both teams winning. Usually I'm like rooting for one team not to win, but I was really happy. Like either way, it was like that Cinderella story of the Heat winning or the Nuggets just because I like them and I like Jokic and I like, you know, like a lot of their players actually. There's not many rats on the team that I that I despise. <laughs> like, you know, the Warriors, for instance, for me, I just... There's just two or three guys in there that I can't stand that I don't want them to succeed. But the but but the Nugs and, and the Heat, both teams I was happy with. Um, does does seeing the we'll talk some Mavs in a bit, but seeing the Heat get as far as they did make you upset about the Mavericks' decision to tank at the end of the at the end of the season? Absolutely not, not for me because the Mavs. They stunk. They were they were not doing what the Heat did. They, the Heat could play defense, and they had a pretty good defense all season long. They just couldn't play any offense. The Mavericks have maybe one of the worst defenses I've ever seen in my entire life. Once they got Kyrie and they lost Dorian, I was that. I'm not sure they would have even gotten out of the play in had they made the play in tournament. So, I think a lot of there was a lot of like discussion and discourse about whether they should have tanked or not. And I was like, it didn't really matter. They were not doing anything in the playoffs with that roster. Yeah. It, it is like it hurts seeing other teams just do so well with team building like the Nuggets built from draft and then like the plays that they brought in were because of trades that they were able to make because of good draft picks and good plays that they got through that so maybe it's like it's part of me is like well we could maybe maybe we can do it but then also it just I don't know I'm such a pessimist um a pessimist <laughs> fan that I've just been hurt so many times it's like a dog returning towards vomit at times, um, as it feels like. Um, Jokic was so good. He was, like, just unreal to watch. And um, just I just laughed that many times watching him play, like, doing stupid things that just, like, regular... Um, like regular events that happen in basketball games don't usually happen, like, when unless Jokic is playing, like, stupid passes. Um, do you think... Someone messaged me. I, I have, like, one Nuggets fan. Like, I don't know why... I don't know if people actually, the Nuggets fans actually exist in real life, especially here in Australia. But I messaged him saying, hey, man, I'm really proud of you. Congratulations uh, on the win. And he, the only thing he wrote back was, let the Dirk v. Jokic um, discourse begin. Um, oh, no. I know. I, and part of me was like, oh, shit, maybe, this, maybe that's a thing that will then continue because... Um, I love Dirk's my favorite athlete of all time. Like you know, even outside of basketball. Um, what's your thoughts on on that already to start already starting? You know, I, I think there's maybe if you want to look at it from a very very analytical perspective, there's possibly a case. I, I just personally won't allow it. Like <laughs> I just, I mean, I you can say that I have a bias, and you would be absolutely correct. And I just won't allow the discourse to come through. I'm, I I think. I just I value what Dirk did so much more, and also he was a pioneer. Like no one played the way that he did, you know, and he didn't have anybody really to look to to like form his game after. And I think it was also it was a lot harder to play that way in the mid two thousands. And I think he played against better big man competition yep. during his time, and it was just much more difficult for him to play his game in that era and and still have to put up the stats that he did. And he was just such a great shooter and. I mean, obviously, Jokic is a great player, and he's still pretty young, so he's going to have a lot more opportunities to win more championships, win more MVPs. So, like, at the end of his career, it might not be close. But as of right now, I would still take Dirk and all of his accomplishments and all the 50-win seasons he had, all the playoff runs he had. I mean, he he won a championship. He went to the finals another time. He's been to a conference finals the other time. 
He's been to the playoffs multiple times. I mean, I think 10 or 12 times in a row he went to the playoffs. Yep. So as of right now, it's still Dirk. I'm not going to hear a Jokic argument just because I, I love Dirk, and yep. I still think he's better. Well, suck shit, Adrian. I know you listen to this. Take, <laughs> take that in your, your love it, of Jokic. It's fun. There's, there's not that many Jokic, there's not many like Nuggets fans out there, so no. don't have to worry about Yeah, it. exactly. Hey, um, there's this really good tweet going around where people have been quote-tweeting it and putting funny moments from the NBA. Someone wrote, I think they started with um, something about Draymond and then rep- replied with it saying, like, this is the funniest NBA season ever. And the tweets that have been following on from that, it's just been unreal. Um, you, you you know what I'm talking about, like so. Oh yeah, it's been so good. Yeah, so I I, I made a list of like some of my favorite ones. Um, the first one was actually like it, I forget that it happened this season because it was so long ago. But Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole like in training <laughs> before the season hit had even started was was so funny. It felt like that was two or three seasons ago. Um, and that being something that just sort of stayed with the Warriors the entire season. The best part of that for me was the documentary that followed like, oh, man. <laughs> like two months later. <laughs> this like self-made Draymond documentary. It, and also I forgot about this, but that was opening night. Like that was literally, it was the Warriors ring night. Was it opening night that, did that? That was opening <laughs> night that they that released that before they like got their rings. He had to release a documentary apologizing about how he punched his teammate in the face. And that's how we kicked off the season. Honestly, we should have known it was going to be a hilariously cursed season when that's the way that the year began. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing was the that we've like that I've become that I love and that a lot of people have is the lighting, light the beam. I think I saw you tweet something about like um, like corporate offices at the NBA at NBA offices like trying to figure out what the, their beam is um, going to be for next season. It was a genius move by the Kings. It like got so many fans on side. Yeah, it's like a, a generational marketing move. Yeah. I don't think it's <laughs> whoever came up with that idea is like going to retire off the money they make off of it. It's yeah. honestly, it was one of the coolest things. Like, light the beam is a great chant. The, like, the beam itself feels like a mystical deity. <laughs> it feels like they've created their own little, like, separate religion within Sacramento. Like, they probably all worship the beam, they pray to the beam. You know, it's, it's honestly, it's one of my favorite things I've ever seen in sports, period. Yeah. Like, I, it's a lot. Of, I I want to go to Sacramento to to see the see beam. The beam. Let me just tell you, I I've, I've been to Sacramento. It's not great. No, it's not not a lot to see. But now the the beam is there. You might want to go like travel and go see the beam. Absolutely, spend a day with it. Yeah, I actually went there once accidentally. I didn't mean to go to Sacramento, but but I <laughs> that's how most people go. There. Yeah, I caused an emergency <laughs> landing on an airplane, and um, they had to land in Sacramento. So that's my one experience of them. Um, so next time I'm going to deliberately go and see the beam. Um, I feel like. In the the light the beam like planning meeting, it was probably just some like flippant like, what if we just shot like a light into the sky and they're like, yeah, okay, give it a shot, and it just became the most like you said generational marketing move. Um, what about Jimmy Butler coming in with the the, the wig? Oh my god, <laughs> that's also how we should know this season was. That's also how the season started, just <laughs> cursed, and also like. I, immediately when I saw him with it, I was like, I knew it was a wig. I knew it was an extension. I was like, there's no way you grew your hair out this long <laughs> over the summer. <laughs> and also, I, the the genius to it was not only that he got the like the extensions and like 
the wig for the dreads is that he also went clean shaven for the first time in his entire adult <laughs> life. So he looked even like more just insane with the clean shaven face and the long dreads. Uh, I, it was so great that like they stopped using his profile picture from the from media day and started using like his 2k photo that is so funny i, I think it was I think really good that is it's such a troll move i wonder if there'll be someone that does something else next season knowing that like these this media team would have like i've because i worked as in a media team for a basketball um at a basketball organization here in perth and if someone came to media day like that you'd be like oh man what a stitch up so I've, it'd be good. I hope I hope another player does something else. Um, what were some of the other moments for you that you uh, that you recall being um, funny about the season? Oh, oh, Pat Bev showing the camera to the to the <laughs> yes, referee. What about that? <laughs> First of all, not only did he show the camera to the referee, that someone on the sideline had like the wherewithal to like have the photo ready and to show it to Pat Bev and then to let Pat Bev have the camera. Like that's probably not a cheap camera. It's no. probably pretty expensive. Yeah. It must have been like a team like a team um admin person or something. Like there's no fan that, going it had to be. Look at this photo and him just grabbing the camera. It had to be a team admin. Yeah. I, I would have been terrified to give my expensive camera over to Pat Bev yeah. to run over to a referee. Didn't didn't he tweet something as well when um when that referee got in got in the heat uh, recently because of um uh tweeting was was he the same referee that that was tweeting um in like a from a burner account? Oh, from a burner account. I don't know if that was the same ref i, I think it, it, it may, might have been someone i'm pretty sure pat bev tweeted the same fo- like the photo of him with the camera like three weeks ago i might be wrong <laughs> but it was yeah that that was actually great i forgot about that another one i wrote down and this is more of a recent one was um paul pierce arriving to a live stream with an escort to watch <laughs> the oh my God. came with kevin garnett I- <laughs> that was re- my f- that was loose that was that was so good. My favorite part was like Kevin Garnett trying to be the like calmer head and trying to be like, "Hey, let's let's just watch the game." It was like you know when one of your boys gets real drunk at a party yeah. and it's just like trying to say just whatever. Like, hey, let's just let's just focus just on this in, game. Man. Let's just uh, just rain it let's in. just rain it in. Hey, like I, we're all here for you. We're not. We don't. We don't want anything to happen. <laughs> oh, Kevin Garnett man. was. Kevin Garnett was like you could see him. Thinking about, oh, I'm going to lose this show. I'm about yeah. to lose all this Showtime money because Paul Pierce <laughs> can't handle himself. And that would not be the first time someone lost a show because Paul Pierce can't handle That's himself. right. You can see him like looking over the producers constantly like, shit, what are we, what are we doing here? Um, I had written down as well. I saw someone tweet this. The um, Julius Randle making his son cry at the three-point contest. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. Um, hey, quick sidebar. How would you um, how would you fix All Star Weekend? It's it's so shit. It's so shit. But there must be and that must be an answer. Uh, first and foremost, no more going to Utah for All Star Weekend. <laughs> yeah. That's just going to kill the vibe in general. If we're going to make it a party, at least we. Only put the, the All-Star game in Miami, in L.A., or New Orleans. New Orleans yep. is a great city for All-Star Weekend. Uh, turn All-Star Weekend into just like, instead of doing like a full All-Star game, just do pick-up games, yep. pick fives, three teams of five, or I don't know, however many players, of six teams of five, play games to 11, and then they just play a little tournament, and that's it. That's and good. And they go through. I like that. Because if you just play to eleven and you just do five games of eleven, like that's much quicker. Also, 
if some guys don't want to really play, like then they lose, and then they're not. And the most competitive guys will come through, and then you also it makes it feel like you get to see the best players in the role of just play a day of pickup. Yeah, exactly. And then because also for these guys, like also weekend is exhausting. Like they're just like going from event to event to event, like yeah. all weekend long, get, like talking to sponsors, like talking to like different fans and media, partying. Like by the time Sunday comes around, those guys are either tired or hungover. <laughs> yeah. So like. There's no way you're going to play a proper basketball game for 48 minutes after that. So I think splitting it up into like small little pickup games would make it much more fun. And then you can still do a draft. You can just pick your five captains and then everyone just picks their guys. Yeah, that's good. I really like that. Um, one thing I think about also weekend is like the fans see their like um, appearances and they press conferences and all the build up and stuff. But like you said, the amount of sponsorship things that would have to like go to a hotel room and have a meal with some like high um, high roller corporate stuff who's paid like all this money to have dinner with them like they would be going to so many stupid events they don't want to be at my um my fix for it was like a um like a uh royal rumble type scenario where like they start one-on-one and then they bring in like a a team member every 30 seconds and it's like big intros and all of a sudden like oh shit like anthony davis is coming in he's like running through the race to, (laughs) to join the pickup game just some theatrics to make it so stupid that maybe it makes it fun um because it's, I don't know, it's so bad. I just skip it now and I watch highlights. Um, it's just not worth watching. Hey, another one, um, speaking of AD, funny moments was um, him sitting on the sidelines just like completely nonchalant while LeBron broke the scoring record. <laughs> <laughs> what, was his, what was his excuse at the end of that? I don't remember what his excuse was, but it wasn't good. It was like he just tired or something. And I was like, LeBron was breaking the scoring record. Like you could stand up for like two or three minutes. I would honestly forgotten about that. One. Yeah. That was, I remember that we started like 80 trade rumors after that. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And Thomas Bryan was calling for it in the post. I think, um, uh, when LeBron was like, it was, I think it was one point down and LeBron was like, in a one-on-one and Bryan's like deep in the post, like call, calling for it. You know what? He's had Thomas Bryant had a very iconic season because he called for the ball when LeBron had the scoring record. Then he demanded a trade because he wasn't getting playing time with the Lakers. <laughs> and now, because he demanded a trade, he ended up on the Nuggets and he won a ring. Yeah. Completely iconic season for <laughs> a nondescript NBA player. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy that you um he's the guy that you start with when with a creative player. Um when you start with like a power forward <clears throat> on two K. Um what about Shannon Sharp just on the sidelines? Uh, oh, screaming it! Trying to fight the Grizzlies. <laughs> yes. Was Stephen Adams that, like in there? In, in there at some point? That seemed like wrestling. That seemed like WWE. Like <laughs> I can't believe he tried to fight the entire Grizzlies team. But now knowing Ja Morant, like that kind of makes sense. What do you think happens with Ja now? Like obviously we're waiting. If, like any day now, Adam Silver's going to drop the hammer. What 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 do you think he gets? I think it's going to be like a forty game suspension. I think it's going to be pretty bad. Yep. I think I think they probably found more stuff when they investigated, and I don't know if they're going to disclose it, but I think whatever they found is probably pretty bad, and it's going to be like forty or fifty games. Yeah, and I think Adam Silver is going to drop it at the very end of the day on Friday. <laughs> yeah, just let that go. Hit into the send weekend. on the just, email and bail. Hit send and go to <laughs> hit send and then go home. <laughs> leave the office. It's honestly a great move, superpower move. How, how's these? Um, I don't know if you saw the the thing that they had in the Breakfast Club saying that um, it was a toy gun, and that like the NBA has footage that that it actually was a toy gun the entire time, but they feel um, that he's still going to give them the big suspension. Like how, that's just the worst excuse. 
that's the worst excuse. Also, like, why would you wait three or four weeks afterwards to say it was a toy gun? Yeah. Also, why would you be riding around in your car with a toy gun? Like, that's almost even like worse. Like, you were like, oh yeah, I can't have a real gun on IG Live. I, now I, I have to get a toy gun so I can still flash a gun on IG Live. I, honestly, like, I, I, what John did was like obviously irresponsible and like reckless. I'm not sure it's like the worst thing in the world. No. I think he should get the suspension for honestly, just like being an idiot. Being they were dumb. like, hey, just don't don't go on IG Live and flash a gun. Just like if you can just not do that, everything is okay. And he was like, you know what? I actually I, I'm, I'm going to do it. I need to go on IG Live that badly. Yeah, I really, really. Guys, please, just one more time. Please let me do please it. Please just let me. Please let me do it one more time. Um, what about DeMar DeRozan's daughter shouting um, during free throws? That was another iconic moment for um, in the playoffs. So good. She flipped. She flipped the playoffs. She didn't go to the game against Miami. Yeah, and. That could have flipped the entire playoff series. Miami could have lost. That's right. Someone said that could have been the biggest butterfly effect moment of the entire um, season <laughs> was that she had to go to school the next day. <laughs> um, all right, I got a couple more. Um, actually, last one. And this one might be my favorite before we um, talk about the Mavericks. Um, Kanye saying he caught CP3 with Kim, just like the, the tweet. I had, I had forgotten about that one. Yeah. That was this season? That was this season. He was just like... Oh, my God. Um, oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> I caught this guy with Kim. <laughs> Nothing really happened after oh, that. Oh, the tweet, yeah. Because no one believes him, but that was definitely very funny. Everyone was like, maybe, maybe this happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Alright, well, it was a funny season in general, um, and the Mavs season was, was laughable in, in a way. It was, it was horrible to watch at times, um. I think I've talked to you, talked to you about this in the past. How like over here in Australia, how we watch games in the morning, and then I have to like sit with it the entire day, like go through my day <laughs> with what yeah. I've just watched. So that happened to me eighty two times um, this this in this past seven months. Uh, what 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 went wrong? What what was the worst? Like, sorry, not what was the worst. What went wrong with the maps? Well, I mean, what really went wrong was that they let Jalen Brunson walk in free agency and didn't have a backup plan, and so. They didn't hire. They didn't. They didn't hire. They didn't sign another ball handler, and so Luca just had to do everything, uh, which worked for the first maybe like two or three months of the season. It wasn't too bad, you know. Luca was like in MVP mode, but he couldn't. He was like he had an all-time usage rate, and that just wasn't sustainable. And then they got hit by a lot of injuries on top of that, and that's when their season kind of started to get a little wobbly. And then they made the Kyrie trade, and well, I think. They got good value for getting a star. That their their defense was being held together by Dorian. It was like yeah. Dorian was just like holding all the defense together by himself. And I don't think they realized how how much of a linchpin he was to their defense. And not having Dorian, and then also Maxi missing all those games as a hamstring injury. They were just they were tiny. They were a really small team. They had like the worst interior defense I think I've ever seen. <laughs> and then. Also, Luca and Kyrie were also kind of battling injuries towards the second half of the season, so they just they just never really got quite right. And Luca looked miserable towards the second half of the season. I think he had some personal stuff going on. He looked just about as sad as I've ever seen him look. And it was just it was all around a bad time. There were not many good things that were happening. Yeah, it was mostly bad. I think the only good things you could point to are really is that Josh Green and Jaden Hardy really took a step this year and looked like real promising players for their future. 
but it was definitely a huge step back from last season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think the season before was an overachieve then, or was it like maybe where the team could have grew, um, grown from if they made the right if they made the right moves? I think they absolutely maximized their talent, but I thought that they had something there as a, like a good core to move forward. I think they still, they still need to make a, a few moves, get a big man, get some more wing depth. Um, but I think if they had kept Brunson and they had kept that core together, they could have made a really good playoff from this year. I think they would have won a lot of regular season games. I think as topsy-turvy as the West was, and I think we yeah. saw that with the Nuggets, that continuity was really helpful this season and just being consistent really took you a long way. And I think that would have really helped them in the playoffs this year. Yeah. So yeah, I thought they, they had, they had the blueprint. They had, they really had it moving forward and losing Brunson really just scrambled their entire plan. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know the, um, the, the Dorian holding their defense together as well, like is very true, but at the same time, he's not like defensive player of the year candidate. Like he's not, he's a very good wing um, defender, but if that's the Mavs like best opportunity to defend on the basketball court with Dorian Finney-Smith being out there, like that's a bad sign. That's a like it's <laughs> definitely a bad side. Definitely, yeah. If Dorian and Maxi are the only reason that you can defend, it's not. It's not a great reason. It's not a great, uh, great defensive structure. Yeah, uh, they really did need a lot more defensive talent, and I think hopefully they can find a trade this this off season to get more defensive talent in here. Maybe use that number ten pick. Uh, they have a lot of they have a lot of options. They can keep the pick. They can trade it. But they definitely need a lot more defensive talent and not just one player holding it together. What will be good for next season is that Luca um, filmed himself running up a set of stairs, and now all of a sudden he's going to be in the, the best shape of his life. Why does he like get to run up one set of stairs, and all of a sudden everyone's like, "Oh shit, look out!" Like fit Luca incoming. Like he did one thing. I think people think that Luca just never works out ever. <laughs> like that just <laughs> that it, once he gets out of shape, like that's just it. He's never worked out in his life. I think honestly he. He will come into very good shape because he's, this is probably the longest break from basketball he's had in his NBA career since the bubble, I think, at least. And in the bubble, he was in great shape. I think he's always playing like with his national team in the summer, and then he's always either playing deep into the playoffs. And so he never really gets a really long set of break, but he's been off for a couple months now. He still has a couple more months until they have to go play at the World Cup. Um, and I think he's going to be in great shape once we see him at the World Cup. Yeah. Hey, um, who's your, who's your, um, hey, before we, before we move on, who, what do you think happens with the Mavs next season? Like, give me a, give me just like a way too early synopsis of, of what, what you think will happen. Ooh, man, their, their roster is in such flux. Kyrie staying? Is Kyrie staying? Kyrie staying. It would take, yeah, it would take like an act of God probably to make it so he doesn't stay, which, which could happen with Kyrie, (laughs) but it's. He is God apparently. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so I, Kyrie is going to come back. I think they'll at least put together a competent roster that has a serviceable big man on it. Um, so I'll say that they they win, not knowing anything about their roster, <laughs> they win 44 games and they are the sixth seed in the West. I'll take it. There you go. Lock it in, please. Um, who's your darling, like your darling team, the team that's like that you love outside of the Mavs that you just want? Want to be good as well. Like, do you Ooh, have someone that's like OK- a soft spot? I love OKC. Mm. I love OKC. I love the way they play. I love Shea, Jalen Williams, Josh Giddy. Yeah. Uh, Chet, when he comes back next year, is going to be great for them. 
I think he's put they, muscle they just, on. Apparently, he's put muscle on. Like I think they just have they just they know how to play together. They got a lot of talent. Their coach is really good. Even though I didn't know his name for like three years, but he's he, he has them playing really good defense, and they're a lot of fun. I think they're going to surprise a lot of teams next season. Of course, we're big Josh Giddy uh, people over here, being um, our Australian son, um, and he's very young. But I hope, um, yeah, I, I, I do. I'm the same with you. I love love watching OKC. They're a lot of fun to watch. Um, I think uh, maybe other than OKC, um, Kings Kings for me became like really like lovable. I think it was probably because of the beam, to be honest. But also like I don't know, just just their like no one no one really picked to do pick them to do what they did, and and they're playing like it was really fun to watch them play. So. I hope the Kings are good next season. I hope the I hope the um the band comes back. Actually, it definitely will. It's definitely coming back. Oh yeah, you can't you can't take the beam away. People, the the followers and supporters still go riot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. All right. I've got a couple of questions that people send in on Instagram. So okay. I'm going to get straight to this first one. Don't know how equipped you are to answer it or not. You can just make you can make shit up. I don't care. Uh, what are your thoughts on the new CBA destroying middle class free agents? Man, <laughs> how do you feel about that question? The CBA is destroying the middle class. Uh, that's true. <laughs> it only cares about the one percent of NBA players. Yes. Honestly, the CBA is going to have some really, really uh, strange consequences. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out and how it plays out with contract extensions. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out with rookie extensions and like veteran extensions um and then just guys in the middle class who used to get maybe 20 million a year who probably will get 15 or 14 now because teams just won't want to pay it or just really can't because if you go over that second tax apron like you're just stuck and you can't do anything else yeah so i think the top top guys are going to get their money still but i think guys like Bradley Beal or like Carl Anthony Towns, like those kind of level players aren't going to get those big super max contracts anymore. Yeah. Like, uh, like two seasons ago when someone was like, they got 120, like, you know, like the way overs paydays, like those, yeah, those guys like, were like got really lucky at the time. Yeah. They got really lucky. Cause that's, that's definitely not happening anymore. Like you don't want to max a guy unless you're absolutely sure that he's a top level player. And it's just, it's going to make things also, it's going to make it like even more weird between players and like teams because they're like, oh, I'm a max guy. And the team will be like, no, you're not. You're not a max guy. And they're like, well, this guy got a max. And they're like, they got a max in the last CBA, yeah. not in this one. And so it's going to, it's going to create a lot of consternation within the league. Is it, um, is it a real thing? And I've heard this before. I, I can't remember if it's actually true or not that the Morris twins share like contract money. I think that was maybe a thing, their rookie contract. Right. I want to say I heard something about this when they were when they came into the league, but I don't think that's the case now because they, they were on the same team somehow. Yeah, that's right. I, I always feel like there was one season, I think it was like three or four ago, that they actually swapped um, being – like they, they changed person because – like Markeith was never great, and like Marcus Morris was always better. And then like one random season, Markeith Morris was just way better than Marcus Morris. And I feel like they just decided to be each other for one season just to mess with everyone. Is that I possible? I feel like that happened. I feel like that <laughs> happened in one one year because yeah, there was a time where like one of them was better than the other, and then it swapped. And I was yeah. like, well, may, maybe maybe they changed. 
They did, they did a little <laughs> parrot trap to the NBA. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. One last question from Instagram. Um, it's your way too early predictions for next season. NBA champion. And I'm just going to chuck on, let's do MVP too. Wow. MVP and NBA champion. I'm going to go... You know what? I think it's going to be a Jokic MVP season. He's going to have a lot of momentum again. People are going to be like, oh, we should have we gained this guy the MVP last year. Yep. It's time to give him another one. Um, and then for a champion, I'm going to take the Nuggets. I'm going to say they go back-to-back. I don't think there's another team that's really put it together yet. Yep. And I think they'll have that continuity. And they'll also have that – just like the confidence that you get for going through and winning a championship – they're not losing. I, they might lose Bruce, Bruce Brown, but like, really, they're going to keep really most of their their team intact. So I'm going to say the Nuggets go back to back, and Jokic gets another MVP. I like it. I like that pick a lot. I was going to pick Jokic as well, so I so I won't. And I'm going to go someone like a team and someone that probably could not even be playing um, together. I'm going to go Boston Celtics. I'm just backing them in. They somehow figure it out and they can come out of the East and win. And I'll go Tatum. Tatum MVP. It's a, it's a dumb pick, I know. But Jokic seems like the right choice. But I don't know. Maybe it will just click finally. Sometimes I mean, it happens. They, they have been together a long time. It could just click. There could be an injury or something that, that lets them go through. Yep. And I'm I'm, ba- I'm banking on an injury for my pick for the, for the for it to happen. I also um um do you think there's a chance Jalen Brown is not on the Celtics next season? Because I desperately uh, want him to be a Maverick somehow. He's like my he's probably I, my favorite player outside of the Mavericks. Oh really? Yeah, I love it. You know, I, I think they're going to end up giving him the max, but I I think they could be blown away by an offer, but I don't think it's going to be by the Mavericks. No, they just don't they don't have the money for it. What about CP3 ending up on the Mavs? I just feel like that's an inevitable thing to happen. I don't feel like it's going to happen this year. Right. I think his contract is too big. He, it might though happen maybe on like his next contract when if they need a backup point guard and he wants to come play with Luca, or if they somehow lose Kyrie at some point where they trade him maybe next <laughs> offseason. Yeah. Uh, which, but trade him once he gets high value again, which would be kind of, kind of a genius move. Yeah. Uh, and then they can bring CP3 in on a on a nice minimum deal. Okay, I just I just I got gut feelings and they're always wrong. But I just think I, I voice them occasionally and maybe one will hit and then I'll look like a genius, um, which is how I, I roll generally with with uh, sport predictions. Hey um, Austin, I'm gonna let you go uh, to your day because you got things to do. Um, it was nice to to catch up basketball things and reflect on. A stupid season, like so many random things um, that happened that you just forget that happened. That you like, that was like three years ago, but it was like two weeks ago. Um, so yeah, thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Um, you can find us on Backchat uh, on Instagram, Backchat underscore Basketball, and send us an email. Hello at BackchatPodcast dot com dot au. Austin, do you want to you you want to plug something? You got something you want to give a yeah? You can. You can find me on Dime Uprocks. I'm going to do some some draft writing and then also on the 77 Minutes podcast. It's a good song um, at the start of the podcast as well. I always sing different words to it because I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember the words. I just make them up as I go as I'm driving. So, um, yeah, check it out. Athletics uh, 77 Minutes with Austin, Tim, Dave jumps on. Um, Dave Dufour, is it? Is that his? Yeah. Yeah. It's always good chats. Gets me through. So uh, yeah, I'll chat to you next time. Let's let's maybe talk when when actual basketball is happening again. Absolutely. Thanks, man.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. That episode from Backchat Studios lives on the ACAST Creator Network. If you want to sign up as a patron or access all of our merch, head to backchatpodcast.com.au.